0: Defend de de the By the power of God, thrust in at all Satan, and with him, those evil spirits who prowl about the world, through the ruin of souls. Amen.
1: Maze here. Have you passed in the underworld and you have people live in your house and you want them to get the fuck out? Well, all you have to do is possess the youngest daughter and threaten to kill their family. And you got it. <laughs> <laughs> is that a prelude into this episode? <laughs> of fucking A, right, doggy. What an intro. Did you like it? Was that the surprise? Well, I mean, no. The bigger surprise oh. is I actually fucking watched the movie. Oh, he did!
2: <laughs> I he was I getting us it. the whole
1: time. What'd you think? Garbage. Really? You didn't think it was scary?
2: <laughs> Not at all. I didn't think it was scary. Not at all. No. I thought the ending was pretty good.
1: I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. Yes, I'll give it that. It was it was a good movie. I was making fun of it a lot, though. <laughs> Even Becca was like, I can't watch movies with you. <laughs> Did you watch
2: the first one? First Conjuring?
1: No, I looked it up because I'm like, ah, do I need to watch the first one? That one's one? really
2: scary, actually. That one Apparently, freaked me
1: out. Apparently, the list is like fucking The Nun, then Annabelle. Yes. Oh, they then, the Con- then The Conjuring. So basically... It's at the like end- the Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the thing, it was like. It was the second to last one to watch on the series, and I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that, so I just watched it.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a timeline of events because the Warrens like collect all these antiques and haunted objects in their little museum and then you know. It all made it literally all all made sense
1: in the one movie and I didn't have to watch the rest.
0: Exactly. So
2: at least you have a visual for what we're talking about today. It's gonna be fucking fantastic.
0: Well, well, since you watched that movie, have you ever watched Paranormal Activity Three, where So you do have to watch all the paranormal activities before that. But in three it specifically says, like, the mom said that the ghost demon could take over the firstborn daughter. You're right. And then that's why in paranormal activity, the ghost is trying to haunt for the new baby. And then all of a sudden, it just finds out that the mom was in a coven and she's just given over, like, the first blood soul. Huh. <laughs> it's all witches. That's, that's wild. wild. And so, the kid's name is Hunter.
2: It sucks. <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Oh, it was oh, a boy. Okay. It's Not a boy. Girl. It's a firstborn yeah. boy, Hunter, which
1: I am, the firstborn child. It's okay. I literally saw a, an Instagram video today. It was the dude who loved his car so much. He married his car, and his car's name was Chase. Oh. <laughs> Is a male car? I guess. It's a dude. Oh. Just love on a car.
0: What's the one show where it's like addiction? Like Oh, My yeah. Strange Addiction? Yes. 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 And, and there was one where the car, the guy liked having sex with the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he put one. it in the pipe
2: there's a girl who like the exhaust eat. i love
1: yeah. all those videos of them put the fleshlight on the end of exhaust now and oh just- <laughs>
0: yeah
2: <laughs> that one is <laughs> each one's a little different each flashlight's not built the same <laughs> okay, all right we're getting away <laughs> welcome welcome
1: welcome to stuck in this purgatory i'm chase and joining me in purgatory as always is hunter cheers mate and adrian hello Are you guys ready for a good episode today
2: This is the biggest episode to date. I am ready.
1: I will warn you, audience, this was actually supposed to air instead of Riverdale, but we needed more time on this episode. So I hope you enjoyed the Riverdale, but I hope that this episode is going to blow your fucking socks off, because we spent that extra week on it.
0: I had to learn how to read. That's why it took so long.
1: Man, this guy is like, he literally could probably be hired by Audible, because he was just reading like that dude on that fucking... Again, Instagram, that fucking world's fastest reader
2: is like... We had to read the most. Well, Adrian had to read the most dry, unhumorous book known to man, which it was. I, I commend d- you. It's a straight research paper. It's that is straight. all it is. The intro of it. Correct me if I'm wrong. The intro is like, if if you want to read this book and find something about the paranormal, blah blah blah,
0: and be entertained, this book is not for you. Exactly. <laughs> it was like that. It was seriously fact. This is what happened. Next, moving on.
2: Moving on. So, Chase, what? Are we discussing today? We
1: are talking about the infamous and most and well known research, Enfield Poltergeist. Ooh. This is a big one. I mean, obviously, people probably read the title before they clicked on this episode, so they probably like, oh, it's the Enfield Poltergeist. Clickbait.
2: Clickbait. <laughs> 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 that's why I keep trying to think of jokes, t- jokes on you. We're actually talking about alien dicks today. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about how long a gray slong is. <laughs> Ten inches fat claws they're pretty tall with claws oh on their dick yes it's a bipedal too it has legs Mm -hmm. oh god the dinger has legs do you think
1: vaginas are like that from teeth
2: oh like oh from the movie Megan uh, Fox's movie yeah I never watched that because it's or not Megan Fox that one it's just the whole idea of that movie just twists me I mean already rape is already fucked up enough but then you gotta add teeth into the mix oh god but is it only fucked up because you're a male and you don't want to lose your dick I would never be in that situation. So that's true. We would never be. Yeah. But- have you seen Spit on Your Grave? Before we start, have you seen Spit on Your Grave? No. Most twisted three movies I- I've ever watched in my life. I just wanted you to say you're lucky that I saw Conjuring. <laughs> I made her
1: at
0: a point last night to watch it.
2: <laughs> Listeners, please email in and tell Chase to start watching more pop culture so oh, he can be educated.
0: God damn. Well, back to the Enfield Poultry guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, is that what we're talking about? we we talking about Alien dicks. Alien Dicks.
0: <laughs> I love this topic. I... Uh, I saw the movie Conjuring Two, and with all the research and just diving into it, this is the most relatable, most factual poltergeist case anyone can find.
1: Well, so, and we all know Adrian; he is the skeptical of all skeptics.
2: He is, and this is the most well documented case of of paranormal activity that we probably have. Well, with poltergeist activity, and it's it, it goes down a catacomb of just crazy event after crazy event, and in such interesting circumstances and i'm i'm glad we picked it i'm glad we decided for such a heavy hitter to do this this topic
0: and good thing for hunter he's going to get his rocks off because we do talk about a little bit of uh menstrual activity i don't
2: <laughs> i don't
0: care about that
2: stuff it is just proven fact that poltergeist activity is around the menstruation of a young teenage girl i will say or boy for me because Wait, i
0: <laughs> what how do they have menstrual
2: oh i'm sorry puberty <laughs> yeah. coming of age sorry coming of age yes you're getting your wag, ret. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I will say that
1: since I haven't seen these movies and I don't watch a lot of scary movies, it was cool to see the parallels from the research we've done on Poltergeist and
2: actually see them in that movie. That's what I thought was pretty cool. I think that's the main reason we wanted you to watch it so that you would have. Although it's very Hollywood, and the Warrens are total bullshit in that movie, at least it has parallels to what they did. Some research, Hollywood did some research on this. Well, okay, here's the thing that really was fucking stupid for me, though. Did I'm
1: sure we're gonna get into this, but did Janet really get bit by this thing?
2: No, right, Adrian. Did it? I don't think she ever got bit.
0: No, she tried biting people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, in you know, in the movie, Janet and her and the mom Peggy, right? Yeah. They both got bit, and then the one scene in the basement. His fucking dentures come out into the water, and yeah. Ed picks him up. Like, come on,
2: no, yeah, come that on. that was all very very Hollywood. But I, I
1: get I get that. Like, I get it It was a Hollywood movie, and they were trying to make money off it, so that makes sense to me. But it's still like cheesy as fuck.
0: Actually, I'd wait. I'd wait for my point until after okay. after this first episode, because I'm going to just dig into the fucking warrants. But I think before we start, I think. This story, as
2: a whole, like the whole story, is better than the movie. If they just would have taken the facts, this 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 shit is more intriguing than the demon thing and the weird shit that happened in the Conjuring too. It's well, it's a good story.
1: I did read an article. Is like they were basically associating this the Conjuring series, you know, all of the the movies you're supposed to watch in the series, to the equivalent of Marvel. So like right at the same time that these movies are coming out, was when Marvel was doing their Marvel was doing their big franchise thing. Sure. And so everybody else was trying to replicate that because they're making billions of dollars off this shit. So that's kind of why they made it very, uh, I want to say user-friendly, <laughs> not Imagic- just aimed yeah. not aimed towards the serious paranormal
2: fanatics. It's the Conjuring universe. I get what yeah. you're saying. They created a franchise and this demon, the nun that's in the Conjuring 2, translates to many movies after that. It's fucking smart. Hollywood's smart. They make money. They're richer than us. They understand. All right. Well, let's quit bullshitting around and actually get into this story. All right. So let's do the humble beginnings of this fair, fair town. This, this, these incidents began in London, England. So we're going to set this scene up in, in the United Kingdom. Uh, This begins at 284 Green Street with the Hodgson family. The Hodgson family consisted of five family members the single mother important point the single mother Peggy Peggy excuse me Peggy Hodgson the daughters Margaret 14 Janet 11 and the sons Johnny 10 and Billy 7 this was a a welfare welfare based com- uh, company <laughs> welfare based family this was an un- labor. underprivileged underprivileged company <laughs> no this family was 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 famished so here we have a family that is is being four kids being raised by a single mother now note one of the kids Adrian is is not
0: present during this this whole incident correct yeah johnny's the like lucky one or maybe unlucky who knows they just send this middle child off to boarding school, and they just say, fuck off, let us deal with the poltergeist, then you can come back.
1: That was the one thing that did aggravate me about the movies. They had all four children there, uh-huh. even though we knew that one of them was completely gone. Well, and the other thing that aggravates the fuck out of me, too, is that like everything that we've researched, Billy is not mentioned very often. Like, yeah, sure, you experience, he's in the home and experiences the same shit, but they don't give a rat's ass about Billy.
0: No, poor Billy. Exactly. Uh, but I will say the first event does have Johnny there. There's a couple of events that he does see, but most of the time they just send him off and they're like, "Peace out." And especially in the book, they make it well known why or well known that Johnny's just off in boarding school or he's off with the neighbors and then I don't know why Playfair just has a good time just saying it
2: <laughs> We just never know why this poor Poor Johnny is not present Just 10 years old, Oh, right, fuck off You're you're gonna go to boarding school It's a typical UK family in the 70s Poor family where they just send the Unruly child off into the distance
1: I don't know, the way you just phrased it Makes me sound that he was in fucking Playfair's Basement, B- Playfield's basement <laughs> He was there He, he was, was just object. like down there he's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, your sister's having a real hard time right now <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? You're going to have a real hard time right now, too.
0: <laughs> no, we're, we're not making this <laughs> on Playfair being a fucking rapist. This guy was a knowledgeable guy that made many of books. No, we're not. We're not. Okay, doing sorry,
1: Maurice grows.
2: <laughs> no, Maurice, oh, is, a, Maurice look. is a hero. I got the
0: look. He is a hero.
2: All right, this guy is a classic hero. Okay, let's continue. So before the Poltergeist events, let's paint this picture. So this family uh, was on hard times. The father of the children had left the family to be with another woman. He did, however, live live nearby and stopped by in person to drop off child support money, which plays into
0: some weird shit later on in, in the episode.
1: He's like, hey, Billy, if you live up like me and you ditch your wife, you can be a player.
0: Well, the funny thing about the father is he went and slept with someone like right down the street. Yeah, and yeah. had twins. He
2: had <laughs> twins, yeah.
0: <laughs> totally fucked up. Totally fucked up.
2: Now, Adrian's gotten these notes. I got to read this. I got I to set this tone. I, I, I put, I put the, uh, the the ages. Okay, so Margaret was 14, Janet was 11. Most of this activity centers around Janet. Now, it has to be noted that Janet is, is coming of age. There we have we to are. use PC there PC terms. Are. Thank you. I'm working on it. PC terms that Janet is coming of age. And poltergeist activity historically revolves around me, boys and
0: girls of coming of age age. Uh, I, I want to make it noted that the mother had no clue what a period was.
1: I, when, when I, <laughs> I just love how awkward Hunter gets when he, around the whole, you know, coming to age thing.
2: I grew up in a house of all boys. My mom was a tomboy. Like, I didn't know shit about fuck. <laughs> Come on! Can't, cut me can't some handle. slack!
1: You need to take your attitude to the, sec- the men's section of Kmart because you need to cut me some slacks.
2: <laughs> that was good, James. <laughs> okay, so... Th- This family, and and to paint even more of the picture, because I want this story to be well detailed. Again, the address was 284 Green Street. This was a council house, so this is a welfare government assistant home in Brimsdown, Enfield, London, England. This was a, a brick home. It was an old brick home. It wasn't in the best condition. I would say it wasn't favorable. But the family lived there for many years, right? It was like... 10 some years that they lived here before this uh, this this activities really began.
0: Yes, it was uh, since Janet is 11, they had been living there for 11 years. Yeah. They got there right before Janet was born. Oh, damn. It's a long time. Yep. And this is a two-story home. Okay, so this you got to really paint this picture because if you haven't seen The
2: Conjuring 2, it is important that there is two stories. It's a two-story, three-bedroom house. Simple, had a living room, kitchen downstairs. All the bedrooms were upstairs, right? Makes sense. Now... What was interesting about this is the event started in 1977. Now, if you know anything about history, 1977, a lot of shit was going on in England. The the That one band that everyone loved, I don't fucking know. I wasn't into that kind of music back then. But there was a lot of change happening in, in London. A lot of shit was going on. And to be in poverty in London, in foggy old London town, not so good. I wouldn't want to be a part of London in the nineteen seventy seven.
1: That was a real long way to say the Beatles era.
2: <laughs> no, it was somebody else, it's like the Cure or some shit. I don't fuck. I don't. That's not my music. Yeah, I, why, I listen to rap. Well, you have the ac
0: Scorpions, stuff like that. Yeah. The, I don't know what he's talking about.
2: Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> I probably just
1: badgered that shit, too.
2: Oh, look at that. I'm already talking like an English.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I badgered that.
2: He mucked it up. No, it, it, I, I, you got to paint this picture because this is, this is. there's a lot of energy. I'm not saying this senselessly. There's a lot of energy going in the house. You have a family of young children and a, and a single mom that's recently divorced, has basically a cheating husband. They're poor. She's a rag woman. Yeah. She washes clothes. For she revenue. washes clothes for money. Yeah. It's the modern day close prostitute (laughs) it's not a good scene all right i love what adrian when adrian dies he just falls right over when he laughs i just love it i love it
1: all right so we've we've heard a little bit about the house and the energy that's going on so i can understand why a poltergeist would attach itself this is an interesting case though based off of the research and all the events and everything is how it's not, I would almost argue that this one isn't so much person based as it is
2: location based. There's, there are some points that can make that argument solid.
0: Uh, I, I seriously think it's attached to the individual on this one. But there is some ghost within the house that is location based. Yes. That's where you get confused at. Yes.
2: And there could have been a portal opened up. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So let's get into the first uh, bit of occurrence. And this is, this is an interesting first bit. So. Things were happening within the house. Janet, Johnny, the kids, Billy—all them were hearing noises within the night. They were complaining to their mom at some point that their bed was shaking, and and obviously Peggy, we as as any parent would know, or even even we know, you see stuff as kids, and you have imaginary friends and demons under the bed, and and uh, things in your basement that Chase doesn't want to talk about. But you know these things happen, okay? So Peggy wrote it off, but there was one particular night that Peggy realized the kids maybe weren't lying. Janet and Margaret were upstairs, Were in the upstairs bedroom. Peggy was downstairs, and she heard the girls crawling for her. They sounded frightened, almost screaming, yelling for her, Mom, Mom, Mama, Mama, Mama. I don't know how, how British people say it. Cool. Mommy, Mommy, yeah. call mom yeah. now. Mommy, 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 mommy. Mom. mommy. mommy. It, mommy. It,
0: it. No, it's Mom.
2: Mom. Mom. Mom, mom help, yeah. I'm being harassed. I just think it's Stewie. <laughs> yeah,
1: true. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah. Mom. Well, yeah, but he goes, He goes, mum. Mom, mummy, mommy,
2: Mommy. mama, Mama. (laughs) what? (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's what Peggy heard. So she's, she went upstairs and when she arrived at the bedroom, she could hear loud banging. This is when begin. this is when Peggy began hearing the noises as well. She would hear shuffling of slippers on the wood floors and could hear four loud knocks. Now these knocks didn't necessarily come from individual areas. They kind of came from around the house. And this is when it gets juicy, real juicy. So Peggy believed the kids were causing havoc. Obviously, they were. They were messing with, <laughs> they were messing with with uh, with Peggy. So she went to the bedroom and told the kids to pack it up for the night and to go to sleep. After that, the mother said the chest, Chester drawers, like the the this large like wooden, wardrobe, yeah, a large wooden wardrobe, slid across the room about like fourteen inches off the wall, right in front of everyone. Now imagine if you saw. A dresser moved like that. And that's when Peggy realized in this instance, something was going on.
1: That That's impressive. I mean, that I can't even pick up my own little three drawer dresser I have in my room when it's full of clothes. So the fact that it there's no way they could attach a string to it or, you know, I mean, this is fucking 1977. They don't have powerful magnets or anything like they don't have anything crazy to do this.
2: In later years, Janet had actually told a Channel 4 documentary that it's started in the back. I can't do her voice. <laughs> it started in the back bedroom. The chest of drawers moved. You could hear shuffling. Mom said, I want you to pack it in. I'm an Australian now. We, we told her what was going on, and she came to see for herself. She saw the chest of drawers moving, and when she tried to push it back, she couldn't. Now, this is a big chest of drawers, and this is going to make sense in, in a little bit here. So Peggy tried to push the chest of drawers back, but it would not budge. It stayed frozen in place. So throughout the night, while the chest drawer couldn't be moved, they heard uh, loud bangs and knocks throughout the house. It was driving the family mad. They basically didn't sleep the whole evening, the whole night. So once morning came, the girls and the mother had been exhausted and emotionally wrecked, and the family sought immediate help. So they headed next door to to someone they thought could help. And this is when we meet the Nottinghams.
0: I, I do want to note in the book... He calls them the Nottinghams, but this is not their actual names. He was trying to be discreet and not show each individual's individual name. So we call them the Nottinghams because they never came public with their actual names.
1: Well, they did this with a couple people, right? There was a couple of people involved in this that they all made aliases for? Yes. Yeah, and so my question is, is it really the Hotchins then?
0: Yes, because they came out. Okay,
2: they they were they were uh, in secret for some time, but then as later time came out, obviously the Conjuring Two, they are actually in the behind the scenes for like the DVD. I saw that. Not. Yeah, I saw yeah. that video. So interesting, right? Yeah, that they, because
1: I I know that they at first didn't want to be didn't want to make this public, like didn't, this didn't want this to be publicized. So yeah. I'm just curious.
2: It adds to the credibility, I think, because yeah. at first you don't want to be publicized then you do, and there, I'm curious what the money is involved and in all that.
1: There's many parts in here that make me seriously think that this is real because it's not a money grab or they're trying to get out of this house for whatever reason like there's a lot of solid points that are actually very good points to make
2: to try and see if they're faking it or not yep i agree so let's go next to the with the nottinghams and this is important so we got vic nottingham to describe this man he was a burly builder man like chase if he could grow facial hair fuck you
1: (laughs) did he really have facial hair
2: I don't know. I just want to put that in there. <laughs> no one knows him. He never came public. You we know. don't know his fucker. face. Like that. Okay. In you the movie, a... he is barefaced. <laughs> you are a fucker. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I just had to give I a quick. I did put that in there. <laughs> that was all me, mate. Wow. Attacks are made. Yes, sir. I see. We got to make this fun because this shit is juicy. You can get lost in the data. We got to make this juicy. All right, so Vic uh, Vic comes over, big burly man, right? This is a big dude. And they actually, the kids looked up to this guy because they didn't really have a father figure in their house. So this was a man that that they could trust. So he visits the Hodgson family and he tried to find reason in the noises happening in the house. This guy's a builder. So he's looking around pipes. He's looking around beams, just trying to see if there's anything
0: that he could find. Yeah, so while he's in the house, the knocking is following him so he goes through the living room he could hear the knocks right behind him he goes up the doors or my bad, up the stairs he could feel the knocking following him and he would put his hand up against the wall but he couldn't feel where the knocking was actually coming from but he could hear it his senses were going off so i
1: know i'm already going to cut into this because they're going to talk about later but they they were talking about how they figured out the difference between an actual knock and a ghost knock
2: I really do want yeah, to talk that, about that's, that. That's way further on. Yeah, but let's but no. I'm just giving you a little juicy teaser. Let's remember that because this this is one of the parts that adds huge credibility to this this yeah. research. Yeah. So, and later in an interview, and I, I found I found this in an article, a, a British article that I just was juicy. And uh, I don't have a really good voice for Vic, but uh, later in the interview he says, "I went in there. I couldn't make out these noises. There was knocking on the wall in the bedroom and on the ceiling." I was beginning to get a bit frightened. Now he actually said this with with the Hodgson's there and here is somebody that they look up to and they they actually admire and at some point they they even questioned if if somebody was messing with the home and the guy got scared. And this is a big dude. Well yeah, and what's crazy about that is like it's not just affecting Janet. Like most
1: situations and hauntings like it just affects the one person or maybe two. No no matter who
2: walks in this fucking house they're getting attacked by this spirit. Agreed, agreed. And what do you... Okay, what would you guys do? And I want to... Before we segue to this next part, what would you do if you're hearing knockings like this, your neighbor comes over that you trust and you and you look up to and he's like, I'm a bit frightened. What would you do? What would be your next step? Uh, move the fuck out. Call the
0: police. <laughs> ding,
2: ding, 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 ding! Adrian's got it right. Chase, you're fucking wrong. You stay in the house for the rest of your life till you die. Uh, oh, I, I don't trust I do want to state <laughs> Chase
0: okay. has a great point because there's many instances where... People will fake a haunted house in London to move houses from the government-assisted.
1: Yeah, specifically because of the government-assisted. Like, they hate the home that they're in, so they'll fake something
2: to move out. Exactly. And think about the time period. There was – there's a lot of – think about the 70s. There's there's a lot of drugs, you're doing a lot of drugs, a lot of psychedelics. And you're coming in age, there's spiritualism, there's all these things we could talk about. And a hot topic was hauntings, homes being haunted, people being haunted. Uh, Honestly, it was probably Peggy's ex just railing some chick next door. But Yeah,
0: just big knocking. One of the Nottinghams?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 Fuck
2: you. <laughs> Fuck you, Janet. <laughs> Fuck you, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Billy. Goddamn, Johnny. Goddamn, go to boarding school. Pretty much. So, what did we do next? Adrian said it. Uh, the Nottinghams had suggested that they call the police. So, two police officers arrived. And as they arrived to the home, they suspect they inspected the home. They looked around to see if there was any sort of criminal activity, anything that they could explain because you got some frantic children, a single raggedy old woman, you know, I got knocking in my house and you got this big burly man saying, I heard it too. They got to investigate for logical realities here. So what was interesting is as they're investigating the house, they couldn't really pinpoint the knocking. And all of a sudden, as they were sitting in the doorway or standing in the doorway, they witnessed, both of these police officers witness a chair sliding across the floor that no one had touched. And what's interesting, too, is this is super well documented. In subsequent interviews, the constables, the police officers, claimed to have also seen toys thrown around the room, demonic, unexplainable voices, and even Janet's levitation, which really plays into some crazy shit that goes down the line. Now, the constable who witnessed most of this and who was most outspoken and, and, and truthful in her report was WPC Caroline Heaps, who said the chair had lifted off the ground and went across the floor. Now, in this situation, what's your le- next logical step? You're going to go investigate and see if there's any fishing line and wire or anything. Right, guys? Oh, hands up against the fucking wall. If you don't fucking tell me how you did it right now, you're going to get a fucking baton up the ass. <laughs> Could you imagine? I I could actually see that happening. Freaking the fuck out. 1977. (laughs) Putting these people under arrest. I could actually see that. So that's what they did. The officer was meticulous with the investigation when they saw the chair move across the floor. They looked around trying to find hidden wires. Like I said, fishing lines, strings, anything. Literally anything that could explain the movement. Because this is not. This is the first major incident. And these are credible young police officers that have their reputation on the line. After all, they couldn't find any explanation for the events and no acts of criminal intent. So basically, they wrapped up their report.
0: Yeah, so they wrap up their report, and this leaves the mother just scared, speechless. She can't explain it. She has no one to help her out. And she takes it back when she's talking further on with uh, Guy Playfair that this reminds her of when they were in the air raid shelters. Back When war was happening in London, she said that's how terrified she was uh Pe- Peggy was yes, yeah
2: she was huh. she was distraught interesting, I mean that's what's interesting about this is regardless if this is true or not, put yourself in the skeptical position. you as a police officer enter a home and you see a like wildly wrecked appearance of a family like they are distraught, yeah, I mean, what do you do other than believe some part of it Well, that's what's credible for me on this one is that
1: <clears throat> a this is not in any sexist way that she's a female. So I feel like she actually was trying to do her job and figure something out instead of, you know, a man, like, just like, oh, whatever. You guys are just fucking with me. Fuck off. I'm not going to do anything about this. You're wasting my time. And the fact that, like you said, they really put their reputation on the line by filing a legitimate report, even though they couldn't do anything about it. There's still a legitimate report behind it that's still filed to this day.
0: Exactly. I mean, this officer, this female officer, she ends up getting just made fun of. Berated. Yes, for like the next 10 years because she went by and said she could not explain why that chair fucking moved. So, I mean, she put it all online. And she didn't have to. This was a poor family. She had no reason to back them up at all. She could have just said, oh, it's a hoax. Fuck them. But no, she goes on news stations. She puts down her remarks and to this day she has no explanation on why that chair moved how it did.
1: Women are smart and funny, get over
0: it.
2: <laughs> okay, Mr. Principal PC. That's carving, <laughs> <motherfucker. Yeah. laughs> I, I, I have to I have to hand it to the officer for stand up for what was true and right. I, I have to admire that because she put her reputation on the line and I think in in, in future episodes of you know, future episodes of this actual incident she is right. And you're going to see here in a few few minutes on what it just gets fucking buck wild.
0: Yeah. So the next three days, marbles started being thrown and flung ac- across the house. The father who had left the family came over one day and he picked up the marbles after being flung. They felt that they were hot to the touch.
2: Yeah. These are like the little kids marbles that they play with mm-hmm. back in the day. And they would just be hitting the... Freaking doors and walls hitting, dropping, and sticking to the floor. And as they
0: grabbed them, hot to the touch. Yeah, they they wouldn't bounce whatsoever. It was like there was a magnet or something that was holding them down.
2: I Unexplainable. Absolutely unexplainable.
0: Well, in many of the researching tips that the investigators go into, they try to explain why these marbles are not bouncing. They were thinking, hey, there has to be a spot on this ground— that the family put magnets or whatever to hold the marbles on the ground. Well, every single test that they ran, they, they couldn't figure out why these marbles would not bounce. Because every time they threw it, the marbles would bounce. Go 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 home right now, listener.
2: Drop a marble on whatever surface you want. Maybe not carpet. Yeah, and it'll bounce. Say, don't, don't do
0: carpet. <laughs> it'll
2: bounce. This is a hardwood home. This This home has hardwood floor. It's going to bounce at least a little bit. And then imagine also when it hits the door and creates heat. Like... The fuck?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, this was enough to bring in the attention of new sources wanting to know what the fuck was going on in this house. I mean, you've got a house that's physically distraught. You've got neighbors now getting involved. The cops are coming in, writing reports. And now they've got fucking marbles flying through the house. So now, the Daily Mirror gets involved.
2: Yep. This is a big point. Peggy actually reaches out to the Daily Mirror. She is tr- desperate to get some sort of health. Help. She's trying to figure out what is going on in the home so she can have someone help. And I actually found in later research, she had gone to a local library and tried to, tried to read books about spirits. She was definitely convinced that there was something paranormal coming in her house.
0: Uh, this will be stated in our part two, but Peggy does as much as possible to explain what's happening in her house so she could do it herself. She didn't want others in there to explain it or whatever, she did everything possible to just move this instance well, over.
1: She Didn't she even reject like the first one or two reporters that wanted to come out?
2: Uh, no, because she, she called the Daily she Mirror. She did call it. Um, did call it? Okay.
0: Yeah, and this is the Daily
2: Mirror when it was like a really credible source back in the 70s. Now it's kind of like propaganda, weird kind of, you know, like our news. You That's know, all news these yeah. days. <laughs> hey, you are true. Fake news. Fake news. So I have to admire Peggy. Because she really did try and solve this herself. She's a strong, independent woman, okay? She had an agenda to protect her family, but she got desperate. So she called the Daily Mirror. And thank, thankfully, because this starts the the avalanche of events that are sure, sure to come, that the Daily Mirror actually comes out to 284 Green Street. And the activity gets worse from here. So we introduced some photographers, one of them being Graham Morris. Graham Morris was very uh, outspoken about what he experienced and saw in this house. In interviews, uh, the photographer goes on to say that he would turn on recording, and, and once they, f- they first get there, they would put all their equipment up and, and turn it on, and, and they basically waited for the activity to happen. And nothing at first when they got to the house happened. He could tell, though, and this is, again, back to the police point, that Peggy and the family was in so much distress. And so they, they owed it to her to at least figure out what was going on before she had an emotional breakdown. So the first night the reporters got there, they saw nothing. They set up all their equipment and waited. And then after some time, they decided that it was time to pack up and leave the home. Understandably. Now, I, just, I love this part. As they're packing up everything in the van, they're like, Oh, boys, let's fuck right off. Let's go on to the pub and get a pint. They're going to go on to pack up. The kids and Peggy all come running out of the house. say, Guys, there's something happening in the house. Oh, Janet, help. I need some help. And they, they run back into the house. And when they got into the house, they noticed Legos and marbles being thrown all across the room and levitating off the ground. He then began taking pictures and stated that no way it was possible for anyone to be throwing it. The only possible explanation was maybe one of the photographers, but they were all standing basically within each other. So, And, and before this next point, later in the interview, Graham said, it was chaos. Things started flowing around and people were screaming. Rightfully so. I'd be screaming too if a Lego was flowing at my head at 80 miles an hour. Have you ever, have you ever like, okay, we've all stepped on Lego. Lego like, shit hurts. But could you imagine a fucking Lego being chucked at you? Let alone a marble, a solid, that, marbles are terrifying. I mean, we used to
1: shoot each other a lot with airsoft rifles, so I mean That's one thing. It's kind of a marvel.
2: Do you remember when we were kids and Eric and I would throw like, crab apples at each other one oh, time? Yes. I'd like, I, like bust his lip all yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Every
1: single time we got a new airsoft rifle, we we're like, Oh God. Hey, hey, stand out ten feet and feel it. See how this feels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, see how powerful the FPS. Remember we were obsessed with FPS? Yes. Let's see how good your FPS is. <laughs> oh, I missed that. We'll get back to that when we have kids. So this is this has got to be my favorite. I'm I'm excited to hear what your guys' favorite incident is. This is by far Hunter's favorite. So during the event, as they're seeing all this shit running, thrown around the house, Graham is standing there trying to take pictures. And suddenly this Lego materializes out of nowhere and skyrockets at his forehead and just nails him straight in the forehead and literally breaks skin and and causes a bruise that lasts a whole week. Now, imagine, just imagine Chase and Adrian and listeners – How could you throw a Lego that hard? I will fucking go buy Legos right now and throw them at one of you guys. I bet you I could barely even make a dent. Let's do it. I want to do this. Okay, Patreon. Let's just start throwing shit at each other. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Miscellaneous fight. Miscellaneous (laughs) fight. But imagine the force it would take to get a Lego to reach Mach 1 to get it to fucking break skin. Sounds like
1: he was just a weak skin bitch. (laughs) Hey, they're all
2: British. They're brittle.
1: Oh, wait, no, no, brittle.
2: No, I'm only
1: calling
0: one man now, not a whole nation.
2: <laughs> oh, you're just calling out Graham Morris? <laughs> he's well,
0: brittle? What's crazy is when he's going through and taking pictures of what's happening in the house, there were two interesting features of the first hundreds of photos that he took at Enfield. One was a teeny hole in the negative as if it was made by a hypodermic needle. Morris developed all these films himself and was unable to account for the whole. And the other even more interesting and creates more evidence for his photos is that it was quite obvious no one in the room had thrown the Legos. Very obvious. Yes.
2: And, and that's what was meticulous about even the Daily Mirror is, okay, you have all this shit going on and they're checking and balancing everything in the room. And even more so that they brought out one of the senior reporters. They they elevated this to upper management. They said, hey, CEO, president, fucking vice president, come down here. Come, come see this house. And he comes down and he questions the family. And during his questioning, the reporter tried to see if the family was just making up a story, right? Like, like anyone would. I would I would ask. And he wanted to know if they just were trying to to leave the house, the low-income housing, if they just wanted to move. Like we had talked about earlier, it was an easy excuse to get a new house. But what was was interesting, and and these are like little details you have to pay attention to. But when the reporter asked Peggy, she said, I don't want to move houses. She was adamant about staying in that house. They've been there like eight or ten years. She had no interest in leaving the house. And I cannot, through my research, understand why she wanted to stay
0: in this house. Well, even during this report, when he goes over there and he's trying to explain to Peggy and the family what a poltergeist is. They have no fucking clue. Uh, Janet seriously thinks he says, poke a dice. <laughs> poke a dice, dice, dice. And she starts laughing because she doesn't understand what he's trying to talk about. Like, imagine an 11-year-old. you're Yeah. You're starting to learn, and he's like, no, poltergeist. So, it's evident that the family didn't know what a poltergeist was. I mean- Could they be faking it even though they don't know what a poltergeist is? Maybe. But, like, it's evident that they don't know what a poltergeist is doing, and everything showing this way is a poltergeist.
1: What's wild to me is how interested, especially even the 70s, people are in the paranormal world to the point that they're getting so methodical and scientific about this research to actually try and prove something. That's what blows my mind. I mean –
2: Getting to this next point, there's a whole fucking society dedicated. Yeah, why don't shit. you introduce the fucking yeah introduce introduce these wait, these wait, mad wait, bastards before <gasps>
0: before you you introduce <laughs> them. Uh, this is the little funny point that I could let Hunter take over, Ooh. but during this interview, he explains what a poltergeist is. Then he tries to explain what when poltergeists show up, oh. and he's trying to tell her that during the age of pr- puberty for women. That when they have their periods, that this is when poltergeist activity happens. Well, Peggy didn't know what a fucking period was. He had to explain it to her. <laughs> oh, and, and- I'm a simple rag woman. What's a period?
1: What do you mean? No wonder all my clothes are red.
2: <laughs> and then, <laughs> why can't I get these stains out of these goddamn rags?
1: And then, when. <laughs> wow, we just fucking disgrace. Describe- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry, everyone. I mean, the- <laughs> guys, but- <laughs> guys, Adrian. They're not, they're
0: street smart. I mean, they're not, like, college-educated PhD. I mean, they're a low-income, I mean... Well, they they end up knowing because he's trying to explain it in a scientific way. She knows what it is. She just doesn't know technical terms. Exactly. And it's
2: important for other points because there's a lot of
0: technical terms they don't understand, and it plays into the the activity. Yeah, because basically everyone that says that this is a fraud is saying how intelligent these people are. You're telling me... The uh, Yeah the
2: fuck exactly (laughs) what skeptic is like college educated (laughs) (laughs) intelligent i no offense no Hodgins. you know like hey i'm not the brightest bulb in the bunch right we we know yeah yeah (laughs) i'm i didn't go to college but i mean there's a difference between street smart and school smart what'd you say to uni to you oh we
0: We went to uni all right but when he's explaining the the period she goes oh that yeah she had one in march Well, in the time of all this activity, it's now August, so now she's went through a couple cycles, and now this activity's starting to go up. So now we could get into the fucking crazy society. This is when it gets. I mean, it just keeps getting better. This is a
2: story. This is the gift that keeps on giving.
1: So after this has gotten so blown out of proportion, um, now we've got the media out there, and they're doing research on this, and they're trying to be methodical. This is when we introduce the Society of Psychical Research. That took a that took a long time for me to figure out
2: how to say psychical. <laughs> I know I actually asked Dom, I was like, how do you say th-? I was like, how do you
0: fucking say like, this word? Physical?
2: Physical <laughs> okay. psychical? You know
0: what's crazy? Is usually I'm the one having a hard time with the, the words, but I knew psychical.
1: So, anything that starts with P-S-Y or P Y C or whatever, like fucking blows my mind. Anyways. This is Society of Psychical <laughs> Research
2: <laughs> I love it, dude. Give it give us another, give us another. Lay it on me, thick boy. <laughs> <laughs> so after this concurrence <laughs> Collect yourself, son. Okay, okay.
1: After this occurrence, the family had to go to professionals to ask for help. This is when they went to the Society of Psychical Research. The society looks into instances that are abnormal with people who are skeptics to people that are convinced such
0: actions occur. So in the society, they they ask for everyone from the people that really believe in ghosts and cryptids and everything to people that think it's complete bullshit. They They open it up completely. So if you're a skeptic, you could go out to these places and you could look at it and be like, this is bullshit. Or it's the people that would believe, oh, hey, my beer got knocked over when I was drunk. That must be a ghost.
2: It's the old-timey version of Reddit, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Our favorite place on earth. So now we inter- introduce
1: Maurice Gross. He joined up in 1977 in the society after he had lost his daughter in a tragic accident. He was an inventor, and he was also a very big skeptic. But obviously, he's doing this because he's very interested in the paranormal to see if it's really real or not. That makes me almost wonder because his daughter passed away if he's trying to figure out a way to reach out to his daughter.
2: I can agree. I can agree. and he's in my eyes and you guys can have your own opinion. He's like the he's the protagonist of the story. He's he's Papa Bear. He's got he's a uh, hero. Yes and no. I mean, between him and Playfield, Playfair. Between him
1: and Playfair. I think they're pretty big, but there's a, there's gonna be a lot of people introducing this because there's a lot of people that are intrigued by this instance.
0: Now let, let me tell you what Maurice looks like, so you guys get a visual of this man. This oh, man has, is he gross? He's a, yes, he's endearing. He has <laughs>
2: he's in the movie pretty good and uh, uh, conjuring too. He,
0: he has like a big mustache and he's bald on top of his head, but he has like the side hair that's really long. Oh,
1: so he's got like the fucking preacher
0: boy. Yeah, the Cut. monk. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> Mordore me. And he just looks like a grandfather to these children like that's well, what he looks well, like well that's good
1: cuz they need a father
0: <laughs> he ain't wrong <laughs> he ain't wrong
2: the daddy's not there you know what what I fun fact fun fact fun hunter fact the the father would literally come over and drop off the child support money and i think he did like why would he just mail the check why wouldn't he just drop it off in the mailbox no he personally would walk into the home look the children in the eyes and say oh i'm providing I'm providing for you, and you, and you, and I'm fucking someone else. He would show up at that lady, too, sometimes. He
1: would, he would. He's,
2: like, looking at little Billy in the face, like, I'm sending you off. You're getting off to boarding school, or Johnny, or whatever the fuck it is. Johnny. This this man, this man. Billy was not loved like that.
1: (laughs) So, Mr. Gross heard about the Hodgson's family situation and thought very close to the issue because his daughter's name was Janet, and she had died months before the Hodgson family had contacted him. He began to have big interest in what the spirit of a human does after they pass away. This is because of a few occurrences that happened right away after she had died.
0: Uh, I will say there is 10 instances of occurrence of paranormal activity after his daughter passed away. But we didn't want to throw all of those in because there's three main ones that made him believe all this stuff. Hmm. Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, did you want? To, yeah, I was like I'd ready for it. you to. Yeah, this is a perfect. <laughs> I, I was like, he just stopped.
2: This is Maurice I was Gross.
0: Very interested. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going. Go this is it. our superhero. Give him, give him the credit he deserves. So after his daughter died, one of Maurice Gross's friends called Gross and told him that a clock that had not been working for years had begun working, and it was weird because. It started working again, and then it stopped at the time of 4.20. Uh, nice. Yeah,
2: Hashtag 4.20. Get it, Swag Daddy. Noise Missiles.
0: Which was weird for Gross because that was the same time his daughter had passed away. At 4.20? Not yes. so nice. That was the Ooh. time that the paramedics had stated that she had died. Oh, I'm sorry. And just to paint a picture, because we did sc- skip over how the daughter died. She died in a motorcycle c- accident with... Major head trauma. Was she decapitated? Yes. Oh, that's really? more than major head trauma. <laughs> that's like
2: severe, a life-altering that's head trauma. Like, that's like you lost a whole fucking limb, my guy.
0: <laughs> my guy? You lost your head. So the next incident that happened to Gross was when Gross's daughter, Janet Gross, her brother, Richard Gross, received a card by Janet on the same day of the fatal accident. And I'm going to show these guys the picture of the card that she had sent to her brother. But it displays a joke that, I don't get the joke, but it's 1977. And the joke is, I was going to send you a bottle of toilet water for your birthday. And it's this person that has his shoulders shrugged. And it's because they're in a drought, so that's why they say toilet water. But it also displays major head trauma to the person, to the character that she drew.
1: She manifested. What?
0: Oh, she's all wrapped up. And, and that's what... That's what she sent the brothers. That, oh, that's juicy.
1: That, well, we'll put that up on Instagram if you guys want to see that shit.
0: Yeah, it was... The card was sent the day that of her death. Huh. Yeah, so he thought it was super weird that she died of head trauma. And she sent a card that was depicting a character with head trauma. Hmm. So that's the second one, and the third one that would get into would be when Gross asked for some sign from his daughter, because of course, right? I mean, you have a daughter, you're very close with your daughter, you lose her traumatically, and you want to know what's happening with her. It happens in many cases with people that lose their loved ones. So his daughter died, one of Maurice, or I apologize, his daughter passed away, and he asked for a sign to see if she was still around and he asked for rain because they were in a drought seems like a uh, pretty good yeah like show me a sign yeah so <laughs> give me a sign the the day after her funeral the roof above his daughter's room was wet while the rest of the the ceiling was bone dry in in, in
2: your research and correct me if i'm wrong i'm probably i'm probably wrong on this did his daughter die during a rainstorm I don't think so. Okay, I, I, for some reason, like a weird light bulb's going on in my head that I wondered if that was something.
0: Maybe that w- that would understand why he wanted a rainstorm, but I think he used a rainstorm because they were in a drought, and he think he thought that would be the best way to see. It's fair. I mean, the man, mi- the the man, mi- the man,
2: the mind manifests. The man, manifests. The, myth. the man, the man, the the mind manifests what it wants sometimes. We found this in other instances that we think aren't necessarily paranormal. They're just manifestations of the mind. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what he's looking for. Regardless, this dude found his three signs, 10 signs, whatever, and he sought out. He joins the
0: society and he finds this case in good old Enfield, uh, London. Yeah. I mean, right away after he signs up, they give him a call and they're like, hey, we have a family. And they tell him that one of the daughter's names was Janet Hodgson and right away he puts one and one together and he's like i have to go see this in person to see if this is actually true because he relates it back to his daughter it's that meme where where the starship troopers meme where it's like intensity to know
2: more
1: i what i think is crazy is and this happens throughout all of life for everyone just the smallest little defining moments in everyone's life has such a huge impact on everyone else's this guy he joins up with this society after his daughter dies. Then he all of a sudden magically the universe brings him this story of an identical girl with the same name, the same times. Everything just falls so much in place. It was almost like it was fucking handed to him.
2: It's it
0: was it's incredible, to him.
1: yeah. And it's I mean, like I said. I mean, it's just if you think about your own life, and you can affect people in so many different ways. And not even think a thing about it. But then five years down the road, next thing you know, they're helping you out or you're helping them out or some shit. And you're just like, What's the weirdest connections? You know?
2: In in life, sometimes, I don't know with you guys, but like there's certain lulls in lives where you're just bored and, and 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 stagnant. And then all of a sudden something just hits you in the lap, right? Just something crazy. Like your your work trip tomorrow yeah. or next week. Crazy, right? Like just out of nowhere. This this instance for Maurice is is it's crazy, and yeah. he is so impassioned by this, and that's why I, I really think he's the protagonist of the story, because he makes it his fi- fucking life mission. He leaves his wife. Not leaves leaves, but he's like, honey, I'm going on an adventure. I'll be gone for a while. I'll be gone for a while. <laughs> Two <laughs>
0: right. years. You better get the milk yourself, because the kids ain't getting it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out for milk! <laughs> well, hey. before, be- before we end this episode, I do want to state Maurice is an inventor. So, he invented a lot of things, and that's why his one friend calls him about the clock because he was supposed to fix the clock, stuff like this. And he ends up making a lot of the stuff that people use now to record paranormal investigations and stuff. And he has the mind of trying to create certain things to find out the answer. So I, I don't know. He's just, he's a very smart man and he takes it with the scientific analysis.
1: Yeah. And I think, I'm, I don't know if we were, if we actually wanted to end off on this or not, but I think we should end off with this. We have one last note in here before we call it a day for part one and move on to part two, but I think this really sets the stage for what's to come. So Maurice Gross um, has a knocking device, and he's set this up in the house. He used this device that a poltergeist could use to communicate with the family. Maurice Gross and Guy Leon Playfair accounted for over 2,000 poltergeist events after this had happened. That is a lot of fucking data.
2: And hundreds of hours of audio clips revolving around some shit that we're going to talk about. Not just knocking, not just noises, but literal poltergeist possession. Possession. So,
1: I hope you guys enjoyed part one of the Enfield Poltergeist. Next week, we're going to be mo- moving into part two of the Enfield Poltergeist, and this is when you start to
0: hear the juicy details, mate. <laughs> if you think this is a good episode, <laughs> just wait till next week. Well, go give us a follow on Instagram if you want to go see some of the pictures and audio tapes that were seen in the Enfield Poltergeist case. Also, give us a follow on Twitter. Also, go give us a look on TikTok. And give us an email about what you think about the Enfield Poltergeist at stuckinthispurgatory at gmail.com. And always pay attention, rate our Spotify, and go give our Patreon a look. We're going to have to condense this from now on.
1: (laughs) Just be like, hey, just fucking, you need to follow us. Social media. And subscribe on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, Reddit. Email us. I'll give a fuck. Send us dick pics Fuck you I don't care <laughs> Please don't
2: send us dick pics We actually got a dick pic we, didn't, we, didn't we get one For that one reddit You followed? No no That's just his picture That was just his normal <laughs> That was just his normal profile No God to be with him
1: <laughs> Okay This is time for Huge shout outs It I want to thank Our uh, Previous listener story Who we previously named H Um Thank you so much. We loved her story and we had a ton of good response out of that. And we hope that there's others out there that have the same issues. And if you do, please email us because she is just as interested as we are on figuring out what the fuck is going on in this world. Also. We got our first two Patreons. Yeah. It's a big deal. It is fucking huge. We manifested it. You mean, I, it means that I have more work for me, so fuck you, but also thank you so much. <laughs> 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 so thank you, Jeremy, and thank you, our good buddy, Joseph. Jedi Joe. Jedi, Jedi Joe, the OG. For joining us on our Patreon, because there is always and forever will be more to come. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. For following along with us in this journey
2: there's a lot of uncertainties in the world but one thing is certain when you're possessed or experiencing poltergeist events call maurice gross he'll he'll protect you papa daddy maurice gotcha just remember there might be some ghosts stuck in this purgatory